Jay Johnson here, and I want to welcome you today to our daily podcast series, Success Diaries. You have dreams of success, and we're here to give you real-life stories that inspire you. From CEOs, entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners, if they can do it, you can too. No BS, no fluff. Let's get to it. I believe in you. So on today's podcast, we're excited to have Sophia Rising. Sophia is a business mentor, serial entrepreneur, and creator of programs that have changed lives and businesses worldwide. She brings authenticity, truth, simplified explanations, and experience to the world of innovation. Sophia helps people experience freedom and fulfillment through identity shifts, relationship optimization, and strategy. Well, that sounds really cool. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jay. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to talk with you today. So tell us, you know, tell us your story. Start wherever you want. And people like to hear people's stories. Um, and I think it inspires people and, it, and they can relate to, you know, the good, the bad, and maybe the ugly sometimes, because as entrepreneurs, we all know that we fail quite often and we have to pick ourselves back up and that's just our life. So, and it's exciting, but, and it's challenging. So tell us who you are. We're so excited to hear. Absolutely. So I come from a family of four children. I was the youngest and my older siblings ended up with drug addictions and mental health struggles. And I always felt sort of off to the side, kind of like a black sheep. And I felt like I didn't fit in anywhere. I didn't belong anywhere. And growing up, I just felt a lot of loneliness. And in that, obviously, I felt pain and just kind of like, you know, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I don't have a purpose here. And that was what I like. That's a big part of my memories growing up. I was in competitive gymnastics when I was a kid. So I did begin to learn different tools of achievement or working hard, which I think contributed <laughs> to sure. where I've gone now. Um, but I would say I went to university for business school because I hated the idea of working a nine to five. I didn't really know that that's what I hated at the time, but I just loved the idea of creating something um, and not going along with what everyone else was doing pretty much. I just felt like it wouldn't be real for me to do that. And then when I was in my fourth year, or I guess in my third year of university, I started up my first business, which was an online fitness business. Um, and interestingly, <laughs> um, I started it for all the wrong reasons. I love I, that. Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was very insecure. And I would say I had body dysmorphia. Um, when I was younger, I got into the modeling world, and they wanted your body to be specific measurements. And I would basically not eat that much and do a bunch of cardio. Um, so that was one end of the spectrum. And then right after high school, um, my brother passed away from a drug overdose. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things he experienced in his year of sobriety before he relapsed was learning how to weight train. And so he taught me how to lift weights that year. And that was kind of like a happy memory I had with him. So I got really That's into great. like 
Yeah, I got really into like bodybuilding, <laughs> but I started a business still from a place of insecurity and really filling a void. So for me, it was like, if I can control the way my body looks, then I will be good enough. I will be able to be perceived as attractive enough because I really based my worth a lot on the way I looked and my physical body. Um, when I was seven, I was sexually abused. And I think, you know, the programming that happens and something, yeah. you know, especially at that age, yeah. I really thought I'm just here to please men. That's, that's it. So, so started this a, business. Such a bad message. <laughs> it is. It really is. Um, took a lot of work, <laughs> conscious, conscious work to flip that script and kind of reprogram my subconscious and you know, what sits inside my body. But anyway, um, started this thing for all the wrong reasons. And although I was successful, like tangibly, there was profit. I grew a big social media following. Um, I was just doing it in a gross way, <laughs> to be honest. I was posting photos that were like provocative or mm -hmm. scantily clad as the fitness industry likes to right. <laughs> likes to push these days and although I could help women I helped them lose fat and gain muscle it was still not from the right place and right. I know that because that's how I felt about myself every day right? so, yeah mm -hmm, exactly so that was the business I had while I was still in university and in my fourth year, I decided I didn't want to finish my degree <laughs> that close to the finish line. I was just like, what do I need this piece of paper for? I'm not going to get a job anywhere. <laughs> I'm too unemployable for that. So I. <laughs> it's that inner with... voice saying you're not going to be like everybody else, right? Yeah. Yeah, I just couldn't do it. I that just had tried. To, that just had to be a huge decision. So take me through that. Was there a defining moment that you actually, you know, did you remember that you said, I, I can't do this. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do something else. What was that like? Yeah, it was scary, to be honest. I was worried about pressure from my family um, and just not doing what I thought I should, what the expectations were that I perceived there to be. Um, so basically, I think a big part of what brought on the decision to drop out and do something that's totally scary and unpredictable was I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was a kid. It's something that is very overdiagnosed, but totally. either way, I had yep. all these symptoms that I struggled with when I was younger. I was on medication for it and it kind of propelled me into a perfectionist OCD uh, achiever type mode when I was like really, really young. And then I stopped taking the medication, had a whole rebel phase, <laughs> chameleoned into probably every single stereotype of people ever. Like I could get along with the band geeks, the nerds, the jocks, the stoners, like whatever you name it, I could yep. fit in anywhere. Um, so by university, I was a little bit more clear on who I was, um, but I still wasn't exactly sure. So by my last year of university, I was just, I think I made it onto some form of program for people with mental health issues or ADHD 
struggles, but basically you're allowed to take exams in a separate room. You get all of these different modifications to make school easier for you because you have ADHD or whatever. And part of me just felt like that was the most ridiculous thing to happen ever. Um, Because I didn't want it in the first place and the stuff I was learning wasn't actually going to be applicable. So in business school, I mean, obviously there are things that are useful to run a business or to work for someone who owns a business, but I am a hands-on learner. And so I think it was just getting more clear on how I operate and what I enjoy because like truth be told, I hated going to school. I hated doing the projects and the assignments, even though I love business and entrepreneurship, I just couldn't just couldn't just do it anymore yeah just wasn't connecting no, I think a, I think a lot of people I think a lot of people feel that way actually I feel like you know they've been conditioned from an early age that you're going to college you know and then you get out you're going to get a job but most you know seven out of ten kids today don't get a job in the chosen field of study they come out with a tremendous amount of debt even though some of it's being you know wiped off um, and then they change jobs you know, eight to 10 times in their life. And imagine the stress of people, you know, have kids or have a mortgage and have a wife and and losing and changing jobs eight to 10 times. That must be so stressful. And so they probably, this is what's probably what's driving some of this explosion of being self-employed and starting side hustles and, and finding mentors because the alternative is that they have control, even though they still have to do the work. So that really was not gelling with you. You were in university and then you said, I just, none of this is really going to apply. Yeah, 100%. I think it's beautiful and such a great opportunity that people can be more in control. And I'm sure you recognize this is a pattern too, but a lot of people who have experienced some form of traumas in their life, whether it's like real trauma or they perceive something as traumatic, that it really steers them in a direction <laughs> um, toward entrepreneurship, potentially, where they're able to be in control or more so in yeah. control than something else. Yeah. So what did you do when you decided that's it? So at the time, I really wanted to do real estate development. So I came up with a business plan for a house flip. I found some investors and got the okay to go ahead on a project. So ended up buying some land and, or I guess a house mm-hmm. <laughs> and buy land. And then I acted as a general contractor, did a house flip and it was horrible, <laughs> but I didn't have to finish my degree. So it was all good. <laughs> yeah, there were probably some valuable lessons in there too. Yeah. Oh, so much. I learned so much more that few months of that house slip and I learned all through university. All right. So I have to stop you. So you're interested in real estate and you, you found investors and you acted as a general contractor. Yes. (laughs) So that must've been like a tremendous learning curve. Yeah, it was a learning curve. And And interestingly, and not not to be stereotypical, right? but most general contractors are not female. So I just want to explore that for just a second. So your contractors that you hired for the, for the flip, 
I'm, I'm assuming they were mostly male, right? There was only one woman, the whole project, and she was the person who built the fence and painted the fence. So it was all men. So did you, have any, right. did you have any issues with that, with that, like with your authority and, you know, timelines and quality of work and them, you know, quitting at three o'clock in the afternoon to go get drunk and stuff like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were a few things that came up for sure. Um, I would say first and foremost, it wasn't necessarily that I was a woman. It was that I doubted myself from lack of experience and lack of confidence and like putting myself, inserting myself in there in a firm, know what I'm doing way. So did they pick up on that? Did they pick up um, on that? Yeah, (laughs) they did. I was learning on the fly. Yeah. Yeah, I would literally like YouTube things or Google things. I mean, I know people who are in real estate. So how did it turn Um, out? It's so beautiful I think that was sold within a decent amount of time but there wasn't very much profit in right. this specific project but rich yeah. knowledge right um, rich and learned yeah. knowledge <laughs> yeah it definitely built up my confidence to be able to hold my own or figure things out at least and be resourceful was there only one one of these or how many did you do um, this was my only house flip, and then I did two um, infill builds. So that was later, while I was running other businesses, mm-hmm. um, I did <laughs> infill builds, which is I liked that better um, than a house flip. And then I also hired a contractor, <laughs> so I didn't have go. to do it. Yeah, there you yeah, go. yeah. All right. So how do we get to where you are today? It's a great question. So I would say. Through all the different businesses that I have done, a lot of people could say like, oh, you know, you have six failures before you find a seventh one that works really well or that you really love. And I, for a long time, did actually identify as I'm a failure. (laughs) I've tried so many things and none of them I'm stuck with. But I learned so much from each of them. And through the trial and error, I really got more clear on what would work and what I liked and what would be freeing and fulfilling and profitable. Um, So I would just say through, like I had consignment businesses, aesthetic business, just one of them, Mm -hmm. social media management, and then the fitness thing, Mm -hmm. um, real estate, just like all those things. I just felt like, oh, there's something missing. I like this, but there's something missing. And for me, it was like, I just wanted to help people. And because I knew what it felt like to not feel good enough, um, I just really had this strong feeling of, I want to help other people feel like they are good enough and have success on their terms too. So I would say just trial and error and persistence, <laughs> not being willing to, to give up or call all it quits just because things get hard just because I probably look like a total psycho to the outside world <laughs> like I think sometimes to people who I knew in high school or elementary they probably some of them would like keep up with me or whatever mm-hmm. and it's easy to think that they are thinking about you all the time or right. like gossiping about you or oh there she is doing something else so for me 
it was like, at the end of the day, it's more important that I'm able to do meaningful work than it matters how I look. So it was just kind of like, how can I ask myself better questions? Right. Because <laughs> I was asking questions before that were like, what will they do? What if I do all the wrong things, say all the wrong things, and still am not worthy? So yeah, sometimes you know, being that. you know, sometimes being in your head is the wrong place to be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? It's like sometimes you can just you overthink and then you create your own problems and you create your own barriers and you create the the doubt, right? And then you end up procrastinating. And then, you know, that even that like what maybe seemed like a failure was just another roadblock like or maybe a redirection into your purpose. And the more you overthink those things, the, the longer it takes for you to kind of become in alignment with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And there was also a component of relationship failure that sort of catapulted or instigated me wanting to actually not quit or like lean on a man. As a woman, it's so easy <laughs> to just think that a man can save you or not mm -hmm. even as a woman. I'm sure men could feel this way too in terms of codependency or thinking that everything will be better once they have a healthy relationship. Right. But I ended up being in this relationship and basically like gave up on myself. Like the reason I chose this particular relationship, this was years ago, mm -hmm. three or four years ago. Um, I chose this guy because he had all these promises. He was like, everything you want, all these people you want to help, like I'll take care of it. Like I got you. And I was in a vulnerable space <laughs> at the time and I went along with it. And so a couple months in, thankfully, <laughs> I found out that he was way older than he told me and there was a bunch of other things going on there. So anyway, I left that scenario because um, I'm Canadian. So this guy was American. So I moved back to Canada. And then as soon as I was home, recollected myself reflected on everything that had just happened which was a little bit, <laughs> a little bit weird scenario I was like I don't want to be that kind of person I mean any girl can just like marry a man and just right. I don't know give up on everything right I mean I I like the idea of course of having babies getting married I want of all of that sure yeah but it doesn't have to be an either or like so yeah, I just really realized that I still want to accomplish what I set out to accomplish and not give up on myself because I didn't think I was worthy at the time. And today you stand aligned and balanced and strong. For the most part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're all human. I mean, we all have those days, right? But so tell yeah. me what you're doing with your clients these days. Yeah, so with my clients these days, I mostly am helping service providers make figures profit per year through creating online course consulting and coaching programs and doing it for less hours per week, basically just doing what they love. So the kind of work that we do, it's either through masterminds or one-on-one, um, -on -one, which I don't do as often, but yeah, it really, we, we go deep into their programming and their mindset and their identity and then through that we also combine 
strategy. So the work is really fun. It is a lot though. Like it's not just for faint of heart or people who just want quick and easy. I know we've talked about this before, but it's not easy necessarily, but it is worth it. And like, there is no overnight quick, fast cash formula. There just isn't. So yeah, it's definitely a commitment. Yeah. Even though, you know, anybody that is thinking about going into these, into this field of coaching or even, you know, just being a self self self-employed online, it, people perceive it as quick cash. I can buy a course and I, I can quit my job. But the reality of it is, and I think we both agree, is that success comes when you overcome yourself. Yes, completely agree. And the dots have to be connected from your past to your present. And they are connected, but people think that they're where they are. Like right now, today, this is who I am. So this is what I have to deal with. But they don't realize how much stuff they carry with them from their childhood that affects them and they run these loops and they never really stop to think back. So, so I agree with you 100%, you know, the, the work has to be done on you first and then implementation. Yes. So good. So true. I love what you said about connecting the dots. You can connect the dots looking backward and really understand your past and why you are the way you are and what is actually important to you. And then you know exactly where you are and you know where you want to go. It becomes a lot easier to bridge that gap from where you are to where you want to go. So I think that that's so important and probably the most important component. It is the most important component like ever. Like if you don't hear anything else from this conversation, you need to connect the dots. And there's so many different modalities out there that, can help you accomplish it. And some people think that they have actually uh, changed a limiting belief when in return, they've maybe just touched the, the tip of the iceberg and there's so much more underneath that needs to. But when you actually um, get in real alignment with who you are and you stand in that authentically, you're very powerful. I mean, like we all, I'm sure, you know, maybe don't have the support sometimes of our friends or sometimes even our spouse or a relationship or a family. And, uh, but you know, the thing is, is that those circles change, your friends change as you evolve into this person that you were meant to be. And you end up having a tremendous support system. Is that not true? Like, didn't you find your own support system, your own tribe? It's, mm-hmm. it's a whole new level of people on a different frequency, that is 100% true. And looking back to, I would definitely say that there's different levels to the uncovering of rewiring your paradigms or your beliefs, your patterns, whatever. So I found like the first time I ever invested in an online program, I think I I made $17,000 within the first month of being in business. And then like, Flash forward, I don't know, I think it was a year later, I had my first $50,000 cash month. But the thing was, is like, before this happened, there's no way I would have believed that I was capable of that or good enough for to, that. Yeah, to receive or that. that I, sure. Yeah. To receive that. And so after I had the first $50,000 cash month, I would say that 
there was a big like uprooting and I sabotaged like I went into full self-sabotage mode because I didn't feel like I was worthy of holding that sure, and receiving that yeah you probably felt like a fraud oh for sure <laughs> I did yeah yeah even as many people as you can help or as much as what you're doing is actually <laughs> actually working you still look at that and you're like who am I to do that like I don't I didn't what <laughs> yeah it's that voice it's that yeah it's that loop coming back up it's crazy I hear you yeah yeah so but you do find your support system right you do find your tribe right yeah especially if you are actively open to it and looking for it and saying no to things that aren't in alignment with that so here's the thing so you can go through your life not spending the time to look at yourself and figuring yourself out. And you can work a nine to five job. And there are people who are very happy doing that. And I don't knock that, you know, obviously. But, you know, at the end of the day, when you're 75 or 80 years old, and they ask you, you know, what, what's the one thing you would have done differently if you could do it over again? And the majority of people always say, I would have taken more risk. Which really means I would have stepped out of my comfort zone, had to look at myself and overcome myself on my journey and what would be the worst thing that could happen? I would have failed, but I would have mm -hmm. learned, right? Imagine if you fell down the first time. I mean, that you never got up after the first time you tried to walk, you bumped into the coffee table and fell down and you never got up again. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? So you failed, but you got back up, right? And so people don't realize that um, the world is just waiting for them. And people like you are out there waiting to help people genuinely help people become successful and um and, and 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 coaches help other coaches it's really crazy i mean it's just the opposite of what people think i mean it's internet right it's online it's technology but the the reality is is that you and i could be sitting in the same room right now having a normal chat reaching out to each other and talking and supporting each other. And that is so powerful because it's people helping people, real people, helping real people. So I think there's tremendous value in that. Yeah, I think there's nothing that is worth more than that. It is completely priceless. And just hearing you say that, it kind of overwhelms me with feeling all these emotions just because when you think about it, if there's a human sitting right in front of you, and you are able to make them feel like they're not alone, make them feel supported and help them and have them change the way they go about the way they live their lives. And, you know, potentially, and exactly like you said, I think from the book, The One Thing, um, Gary Papasan, is that his name? Um, the thing that they say though, is the number one regret people have on their deathbed is not having lived a life true to themselves right right and and that is so sad and I for me that's like one of my biggest drivers when my brother passed away it really hit me like this is one life you have one go I mean sure there's <laughs> arguments that you know you have multiple lives past right, lives whatever right, right. but but we're but here like, right now, now. <laughs> yeah we're here right now so we're going to control what we can and that's to make the most of it and human connection like there's nothing, nothing that is above that. That's what we have at the end of the day is 
connection. And I think a lot of people might think that if you're in the online space that, you know, there is no human interaction or connection, but I probably cry multiple times a week, either like after talking to my clients or even sometimes with my clients, just because it's so moving to be able to help people. It doesn't matter the context, it's still the same thing at the end of the day. So yeah, and there's no magic. That. Yeah, there's no magic bullet. It's just an evolution of self, right? Let's be the best we can be today. And let's let's understand that nobody is perfect and we all have we all have stuff to deal with. But let's deal with it in the most constructive and supportive way we can. And time is an evil player. Time will wipe you off the board without a blink of an eye. And we're only here for a short period of time. Why not live your life to the fullest and be engaged and be challenged and be excited and and fail and stand up and just, you know, and just be, right? Because you're unique in the world. Like one in 470 trillion are the odds that you are here. It's like, here you are. Like, what is your purpose? Imagine, you know, dying and going to the pearly gates and God said, wait a minute, before I let you in, um, I gave you all these gifts and told you what you were supposed to be doing. And why didn't you do that? Well, I I don't know if I'm going to let you in. You didn't fulfill your part of the obligation because you're here for a reason, right? You're here to whatever it is. Like I'm here to inspire and and build bridges and help people grow. That's it. Like I want people to figure things out. I want to make great human beings. Like, I want to impact. It's been my whole life. I want to impact because I see where you can go, right? Clearly, I see who you are. I can see it very clearly, very easily. And I am so proud of listening to your story of where you are today. It's just amazing. Wow. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I I really appreciate that. Yeah. And, and I'm sure your clients probably feel how genuine and sincere you are and, and not even talking about your skill level. I'm sure it's off the chart, but you know, they're probably really lucky to have you. They probably appreciate you every day. Yeah. So it's (laughs) like Zig Ziglar said, you know, Zig Ziglar said, you know, if you help enough other people get what they want, you'll get what you want. And it's not necessarily money, <laughs> right? No, <laughs> it's a feeling, a feeling and an experience. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, thank you so much for telling your story today. I really appreciate it. It was an honor to meet you. Thank you for the privilege of allowing us into your life. Tell us how people can get in touch with you. Thank you so much for having me. So the best way to get in touch with me would be through Instagram. And my handle is at the Sophia Rising. And through there, you can find free training, my podcasts, that is coming out very soon. Awesome. And yeah, lots of tools and tricks there. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on today. Uh, It was a pleasure meeting you. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in today. Make sure you subscribe to the show in iTunes or wherever you consume podcast information. And if you feel so inclined, please leave a four or five star rating and a comment with a review below. We hope you truly learned something today. Share this podcast. We'll see you next time.